Welcome back to another episode of the Average Money Podcast. Tonight we had a guest episode with Bruce Wang, and he's representing the Wang Gang. If you haven't seen Bruce on YouTube, you need to just pass 100,000 subscribers. But outside YouTube, going to be a great freaking conversation. This dude's got buy and holds. He's good with his money. He's good with YouTube. And I think we're popping his cherry. I think this is his first, yep. first podcast ever. If you are new to this podcast, my name is Brad Finn. I am joined every single week with the one and only JJ Buckner. And I think he's putting the beach body aside and he's going to have a beer tonight. What's up, JJ? What's up, man? Special episode. Like you said, we got the Wayne gang in the house. Props to Bruce on the re- recently uh, reached 100,000 subscribers. That's like every YouTuber's thank you, dream. Thank you. Got the big plaque coming in soon, man. It's going to be awesome. How you doing, man? I'm great. I'm great, man. I appreciate uh, you inviting me on the podcast. Been a big fan for a while. You're going to have to unboka the background when you have the play button in the background, though. You can't blur out. You can't blur out the the silver play button. I mean, I'll I'll figure out a place to put it. I got a lot of space back there. It's a lot of just empty space on the wall. How long have you been doing YouTube? Uh, I started a long time ago, actually, probably in 2015. If you looked into my um, video list, you'll see like I have one video about hoverboards. It's just a random a random video about hoverboards. So. I started a long time ago and um, took breaks in between. And in 2017 was when I started to really churn out some videos. So if, if the hoverboard video was the one that popped off, how did we get into personal finance? <laughs> exactly. There <laughs> was no hoverboard part two. All right. Maybe I can link that. Maybe I can link that. So in 2015, I was living in Cambodia and um, I was just doing a bunch of odd jobs and I, I imported hoverboards from China to Cambodia. And like, I helped my friends like have hoverboards. It was a craze back then. So it's like, I've always been like an entrepreneur. So that's one thing I did. That's cool. I I had a hoverboard. I bought one when they were real, you know, the craze was, I was living in Kansas city at the time. And I remember there was a, uh, a Kroger, I believe it was a Kroger, like right down the road. And I first got the, the hoverboard in the mail (laughs) and I was like, I got to try this sucker out. So I took it for like a half a mile ride, but it took me forever because I wasn't used to riding it. So I kept like falling off and I had to fix my feeding. And I luckily on the way back, I finally got the hang of it. But it was a fun ride in the grocery store. <laughs> I would get dom- I would get absolutely dominated on I always wanted one of those boosted boards. I used to longboard oh, those skateboards. Sick, man. But then they discontinue those things. You can't get them anymore? I don't think you can get them anymore. I think they're, I think they're bankrupt after the yeah. trade war thing with China. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yep, you can't. We got to steal Nate O'Brien's. Yeah, no doubt, man. Those things look awesome. <laughs> so the entrepreneur thing is definitely a real life. I think all three of us are entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in the space. And you're known, I think, on YouTube for the dividend portfolio. But I think you're a little bit like me in a sense that if if we were to break down your whole like investing philosophy, the dividend portfolio is kind of like a small piece. Just break down quickly. So people know listening, what's, what's your play on money? Are you a, are you a growth stock guy? Are you a, a, a dividend guy? Are you an index fund guy? Where, where are you at on that spectrum of like investing money? So in totality, I would say I'm like 90% plus in real estate and everything that you see on YouTube with the stock portfolio and stuff, uh, you know, that's probably like 5% ish. So you're not even, so you're not in like a index fund guy either. Index funds, definitely index fund as well. Because recently I've been like uh, thinking a lot about how to 
like, what's the best bang for my buck? Should I just be investing in like individual stocks? Do I do all this research and stuff like that? I've been just wanting to buy index funds for a long this time now. Like I'm just, I want to switch over to index funds. From like, from dividends and growth? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe oh, even like, um, dividend growth investing as well. But real estate's your bread and butter. Yeah. Tell me about the real estate go. Cause I mean, that's, yeah, I I'm interested JJ, too. Yeah. yeah. JJ goes through this too with the, you can't, you can't put a dividend. I mean, you can't put a real estate video on. They just, the algorithm's like, oh, that's cute. That you <laughs> They don't get views. They never get views. But that's kind of, that's kind of your specialty, right? And a little bit yeah. of that. You just said 90% is based on that. Are you a flipper, property manager, buy and holder? What's the real estate situation look like? So, uh, I own two duplexes and my wife owns a condo in New York, outside of New York, uh, Brooklyn. And that's basically my entire portfolio right now. Did you start with duplex? Did you, what market are you in? Uh, so I'm a bit outside of Boston, like I would say 45 minutes away from Boston. I don't really like to get, uh, you know, into the specifics just for privacy sake. <laughs> yeah, definitely go. I've had a bad experience, let's say with, uh, a subscriber, unwanted subscriber. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay. That's like well, my worst fear. We'll leave it. JJ, we, most people don't even know where your state is, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is something I got going for me, I guess. Dude, if, if I pointed, if I gave a blank map to my juniors and said, point to Missouri, yikes. And I got smart kids. <laughs> Hold up though. That is one thing about you New Yorkers that I noticed. It's like, None of you guys know anything about geography. Your friends we went out with, they had no idea about where like any state w was. And I'm like, what the? You guys just live in New York, so you don't care or anything else because you live in a popping place, I guess. I don't know. Yo, full disclosure, I until I met you, I didn't know the difference between Wisconsin, Michigan, and Missouri. Bruce Wang, are you like that? Would they, are you good would they just call you a flyover state? Do you like take <laughs> yeah. offense to that? No, because I mean, that's what we are, really. I mean, we we own up. Like, we, we don't have nothing special especially where i live there's no i mean there's nothing out here but the what i love about it is like this is where i grew up it's where my family is like it's the lifestyle that i live it's the culture you know everyone has their own culture the culture we have down here in missouri like there's nothing like it man like i used to live in hawaii and it was cool and all but just it was different from back home you know like the like for instance like every time you walk in somewhere uh, everyone's going to open the door for you. Uh, you know, I was telling Brad the other day when we were driving on the beach, I said it was a, almost a habit of me to wave. Cause like, you're supposed to wave every time you're like driving up and down, like not the highway or like major roads, but when you're like going down your subdivision road or a back road or whatever, and you see somebody, it's going to be a quick wave. And we were, passing I was, I was like, no eye contact, JJ, no eye contact. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that, that's what I love about it. It's just like the, the culture, I guess. So it's, I call it home. It's my home and we'll, tr we love to travel and see the world and stuff, but we'll, probably never leave here at least until our kids grow up and go away i know it's in the middle of the country somewhere i think uh in boston if you look at somebody too long they they might want to fight you <laughs> oh i think in new york might be the same man yeah you guys got that like northeast vibe i don't know what it is up there but you guys are rough but i mean that ties into the real estate piece because i'm sure bruce that people are like I don't know if it's as bad as in New York, but they're like, the real estate, Mark, did you dive right into a duplex or did you start single family? Like, how do, how do you start with a duplex? And then add two, like how close together? What's a time frame of dude has five doors between you and your wife? So I, has, I started saving up a while back and when I lived in Cambodia. And I was like, uh, when I was living over there, I was saving money, I was working and I started listening to the Bigger, bigger Pockets podcast. Right on. 
I don't have you guys heard of that? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. I feel like everybody starts so you have to start there almost, I feel like, if you're from our generation. So I was like, uh, yeah, just listen to that religiously every single day. And then they make it, they give you so much confidence because like I was listening to like newbie investors, like expert investors, and they, they just give you so much advice. And I was like, oh, I got, I got to do it. I got to try, try this out. So I moved to America. I moved back home and I was like, all right, I got to do something. I can't just be lazy, sit on my ass. And is this like a, can you, can you swear on this podcast? Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, it was fine, man. That ass is not swearing. <laughs> Go ahead. So yeah, I just didn't want I didn't want to be lazy and I was like, all right, I got to uh you know, I bought my house so I could start a family with my wife and and I have a kid now. Mm-hmm. And then after she was like, Yeah, I think uh we gotta start investing. And she was she was on board with me, so it made it a lot easier. Uh my brother is a real estate agent. So like uh. real estate is a little bit in the family. So like uh whenever I have like um I need help, I would ask him and he helped me find he helped me find my first deal. Very cool. So what took you to Cambodia and then what brought you back? Uh so right out of college, I started working. I was like, you know, do I want to do this? Like uh, uh join the rat race, climb up the the corporate ladder. And I was just like, maybe I should travel for a little bit first. I have some like aunts and uncles in Cambodia and they was just like, Yeah, just come over for a visit. I went over. I loved it over there, and I just stayed. I stayed there for about five years, oh, and uh, a vacation turned into five years. Wow! 2017, I moved back, but uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm actually planning to do a. I'm planning to go back, and like start like a another something over there with the YouTube channel. Like that's, but that's in the future. After maybe after COVID, like a second channel or like not a second yeah. channel. Maybe like a expat because. Not a lot of people want to stay in America and, you know, just grind it out all their life. So I kind of want to give everybody another window into like another, you know, something different they can do. And living in Cambodia is a low cost of low cost of living over there. So I could just show people around and stuff like that. Yeah. I was just going to ask, what's it, what's it like over in Cambodia? I mean, I am bad with geography, but I know where Cambodia is, but I don't really know much about that economy. Like what are they, what are they doing over there? What's what's going on in Cambodia right now? So Southeast Asia is, I would say right now is pretty booming. And, um, Thailand would be the biggest part of Southeast Asia right now as economy wise. And Cambodia is just under, uh, Thailand. So, their main attraction is just tourism. They have uh, the Angkor Wat, which is in Siem Reap. I, I visited there a few times, but um, I never lived there for an extended period of time. I lived in the capital city of uh, Phnom Penh. And uh, basically, there's like a lot of expats there. There's a lot of like, uh, like kids like me. They, they have like uh, Cambodian parents that moved out of uh, Cambodia. They had an American education, and then they went back and then started something with their family or, or something like that. But uh, it's... A lot of people like to say it's a third world country, but it's, uh, it's really developed over the years. Is it pretty safe? I don't know anything about Cambodia. Just I would say it, it's, it's safe. Just you got to stay away from certain areas, but most ov- overall is safe. Is it safe for a guy that looks like me? <laughs> yes. There's, there's okay. actually, there's okay. a big, like when I was there, there was a big uh, expat community. Like a lot of, I met a lot of Americans, French, people from hmm. Europe and stuff like that. And, uh, because like uh, I don't speak uh, the Cambodian language like perfectly, mm-hmm. so I kind of tended to hang out with most like uh, English speakers, and 
Yeah, definitely a lot of expats. So what takes them over there? I mean, like just the nomad lifestyle and they just want to try something different or is there like companies, is there companies over there that they're working for or how does that work? Because I know like, like, uh, what do you see? Bali, you know, all like the nomad life people are in Bali. We're like laptop lifestyle, laptop lifestyle and all that. Is that kind of what it's like in Cambodia as well? Or is it, am I completely wrong? There's, I think a lot of people go there as backpackers first. They go to Southeast Asia. They want to travel the beaches. They want to just, uh, you know, live off of like minimal, like minimalistically. Mm-hmm. And um, I think after that, they either decide if they want to stay or not. And what takes them there? Usually, like like I said, it's it's really developing. So there's a lot of opportunities to make some money. And because it's such a low cost of living area, like I think for like a five hundred dollars a month rent, you can live in like maybe like a one or two bedroom apartment. So and like food and, and everything else, you can probably live like in a pretty decent lifestyle with just like $1,000 a month. What's money like in your family growing up is, cause that's not one question I get asked all the time with the personal finance was, you know, how were you raised on money? Did you fall into personal finance or do you come from frugality or like, what's, what's the background? Like when you're coming up, do you, do you realize money? Do you talk about it with your family? Like you, there, there has to be a gap from like childhood to I own five doors, right? So I always get like comments on uh, my channel, like, oh, he's a, uh, he came from his daddy's money or, or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I hate that shit, man. <laughs> it's like, yeah, my parents are immigrants, right? They moved from another country, came to America in like the 1980s. So when they were growing up, they didn't have anything. They, they worked for everything they had and um, they run a successful business from the ground up. And then I was just, I was just born into that. Like I remember working since I was like 12 years old working in their business. And yeah, so it's like, for me, like working all the time is something that was like part of my lifestyle. And I think personal finance and that is, is goes, goes hand in hand. What was your parents' business about? They don't like my dad's a pretty private person and he, he doesn't want me to talk about that business. Got it. But yeah, we, uh, we have that business and then we have real estate on, on top of that. Cool. Is that something that you're pursuing or is that kind of going to be like, is that is like a family pass down kind of business? That's a, that's a pretty good question too. Cause I'm the oldest of three boys. Okay. So I'm 32 and, um, it's, it's weird. Like when, like my dad, like I would, assume, I would, I would assume my dad's like a baby boomer, that type of generation. Yeah, and yeah, he, yeah. So like right now it's like a transition from, you know, he wants to retire. He doesn't know what he wants to do with the family business or some of the real estate business and stuff like that. So my brother right now is working for that, is running that business. Okay, cool. So for me, like I have to defend for myself basically. Now I'm more curious too, because as a guy that has, I'm going back to the real estate thing, because this is something that I'm really, really interested in and such a noob. Did you, And since we're talking the same language as far as bigger pockets, were you trying to follow that like 1% philosophy? Was it, were you approaching it as like Burr style and then it just became a rental? Um, did you make any major mistakes? I, I kind of want to know, cause for me, I have a, a huge problem just putting my foot through the door. Like I have, I, I'm very bad at taking that first step. I don't know if it's anxiety or fear or failure or insecurity, but some people, I, I guess like yourself or even like JJ, you're willing just to take a shot and go for it. What was it like, like getting your first set of keys and did it turn out the way you expected better or worse? I'm just curious about that because it couldn't have went that bad, right? You have a second one. 
I feel like the first one went a lot smoother than the second one. Really? So I'm pretty lucky, but the second one was a lot worse than, than the first one. Is, were you were you feeling yourself, and then you kind of like yeah, exactly. Like okay, <laughs> I think you you were mentioning like um something like you you get anxious and stuff like that about your first property. I think it's just analysis paralysis when it comes to like your first rental property. You can like analyze the numbers all day long, but you just really have to do it. All the people that message me about oh, how do I make enough money to get my first property, or if I always tell them the same thing, just do it. It's like, what's the worst that can happen, right? Yeah. It's like the worst that can happen is you probably lose your deposit, maybe yeah. something like that. And, um, and you just, you just had an empty one. I, on Instagram, you were talking about it. You just, you just flipped one over. That was a long-term tenant. Was that your first one or your second one? Or what's it like getting a new tenant in there? So this is actually something I've, I've gotten a lot better over the years. I use a Zillow rental manager. Okay. And it's, it has to be like the greatest tool to use if you're a landlord because it basically finds a tenant for you. You just list the property, it finds a tenant for you and you can collect your rents on Zillow right now for free. Wow. Yeah, my tenants, they're paying me rent through Zillow and like I don't even have to communicate with them that often. And Zillow doesn't take a cut of that? Zillow, right, like when I first started it, um, the rental manager, they, it was free, but now they charge like $40 or $10 uh, a month. That's just to list it or is it a $40 charge every month? I think it's $10 a week actually. Okay. Yeah. But that was, that, that was just recent. That was probably within the last month. So do you still have to pay that fee though? Once the, no, once, uh, once, once you rent out, you take the, if the, the listing gets off the market and you're good. Cool. So there's no charge for them to pay through like Zillow and stuff. They, there's no charge if you're using ACH, which is basically a bank transfer. Yeah. But if they, they have the option to pay through like a debit card or a credit card, but they get charged. The, the tenant gets charged if they use it. Okay, cool. So uh, while we're on the real estate topic, uh, Bruce, you good to kind of talk numbers or no? Yeah, I could, I could, I could talk numbers. We don't. Have, I mean, you can stop. You don't have to go as in depth as you want. But first question is: Are these? Do you have mortgages on these properties? Or are they paid off? They are paid off right now. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, then my my next question is probably already answered, which is: uh, Are they cash flowing? You can talk general. Talk general. Three three thousand for one du. I guess all of them, right? So three thousand for one duplex, three thousand for one duplex, two thousand for the condo. So roughly about eight thousand a month. Awesome. And you're managing them yourself. The one in New York uh, is too far away. The one in Brooklyn is too far away, and uh, I have a property manager for that one. I'm curious about the that they're paid off. I mean, we're going to hear bunch of different philosophies on that and get get your low interest 30 year. What was your motivation to have those properties paid off in full? So I've been like a pretty good saver all my life. And so I was able to pay cash when I uh, first bought the property. And, you know, I had the money to re- the, the to buy the property, to fix it up and everything. So that really helped a lot just with the numbers. And right now, like I tr- I'm trying to live debt free and just become financially free as well. And like, I've really, I've been, I've been really, I don't know, just, are you tempted by leveraging a mortgage? Yeah. Because like now, like the interest rates are so low, I kind of just want to go to the bank and be like, Hey, how much can I get for this? And I'm just going to go like buy a, a new property. Even like, yeah. Cause that's the birth strategy, right? If like, like you could probably cash out refi. Exactly. And, and get, get a lot of my money back. Exactly. You wouldn't be using that money to like, 
go crazy, it would but be like- But that's the thing right now, because I'm always thinking like, what can I use this money for? It's like, where can I put it for the best returns? And like, do I really want another property? Because like now YouTube is like doing so well for me. Like I'm making a lot of money on YouTube now, more than I've ever made like in, like in the yeah. past. So it's like, what's my best, like where can I work most efficiently? Because doing rentals, like I would have to buy so many more to make as much money as I, I am on YouTube. So here's my thought on that. Cause I've gone back and forth on pursuing YouTube more rentals more. My goal with rental properties is I want to build up rental properties as fast as I can for it to cover my lifestyle. Roughly right now, my wife and I could live on like $4,000 a month and be completely happy the rest of our lives. But I obviously don't make anywhere near close to that. With the, I only have one rental property. I have a lot to build up to get to that point. So all the money that I make from YouTube, because it's my full-time gig now, goes towards living because my wife don't really work anymore. And then whatever I have left over is going towards mostly real estate. And then I have a few, some money I throw into portfolios for stocks. And then obviously like retirement stuff too. But so like my, my goal with that is, and that's funny you say that because I want to get real estate built up as fast as possible to cover my lifestyle in case my YouTube channel would just completely shut down and I lost everything. At least I have real estate to fall back on. So I don't have to go back and get another nine to five. Now I'm trying to build it up as fast as I can to get there. So with that being said, is that kind of your route you were thinking? Because you said you don't like taking on debt. You're kind of wanting to be financially independent. Do you have those numbers figured out of where you could be? And you don't have to share them with us, but do you have your numbers in your head that you're like, okay, I need to get to this point until I feel safe enough to say, if YouTube was over, I'd be I'd be good the rest of my life. So I'm pretty conservative as, as well. Like yeah. you said, you're at 4,000 a month. Like you guys could, you're good. Like for me, I would be like five to 6,000 a month. Okay. So already like I'm making a decent amount from the rentals. That's why like I could, like I haven't, like to be honest, I haven't been working as hard as I should lately. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, after I had like my rentals paid off, like I kind of yeah. been chilling a little bit and like YouTube, I think YouTube is where it's at right now. Yeah. Can we talk YouTube? Cause I yeah. think there's, we definitely have a lot of YouTube. I mean, obviously we come from YouTube background. A lot of our listeners are either on YouTube or have YouTube channels. And I think this is kind of an interesting dynamic because I'm at 30,000, JJ's at 72 and change, and you just hit a hundred. When did you realize for anybody that's either watching and curious from the outside or has a channel, like maybe even me selfishly asking, at what point were you like, damn, this, this could be a business. Like this is, this is life money. This is salary money. This is not a hobby anymore. Was it, was it 30? Was it fit? Cause I asked you the other day on, uh, I asked you the other day on Instagram, I DM'd you and I was like, do you remember, do you remember 30 K? And you like, feels like only yesterday. Does it really feel like only yesterday? And what point were you like, all right, it's time to time to do this damn thing on YouTube. I think when I was at 30 K I was making from YouTube like a few thousand dollars a month. I'll tell you right now, my AdSense right now is probably in the neighborhood of like 2,500 to 3000 a month. That's good. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that is good. I have a pretty good, you know, you're in the same niche, you know, our CPMs are good. And those options videos, have you seen your CPM on them lately? Yes. They are insane. Could you imagine if we got the 
five stocks to buy today CPM with our options video. Oh, we got those man. views. <laughs> I, guess, I guess you can't have one without the other. Yeah, but that's true. Unfortunately, the option views don't do as well. But I mean, right. and like for me, I love YouTube and it's always been like a, a passion. And so many people like JJ and the people that get up to that 50, 60,000, they start saying, Brad, if you keep going and you get to that range, you are going to have to decide if this is a hobby. And I'm starting to see it with sponsorships and, and even negative stuff like trolls and scammers and multiple uh, Instagram accounts, which we can talk to in a minute. But when was it, when was it for you? So you said at 30,000, you were making a couple, couple thousand, just like me. So I always told myself, like, if I could make about 10,000 from YouTube every single month, I would be like, yeah, it's time. I think I should go full time. So it was more a money amount than a subscriber. Yeah, account. because I felt like as long as you put out content, like you will like it because of the algorithm and how it works. I feel like it'll, people will just keep coming to you. So I, I never I, I think it's a bad way to think about it because it could just be taken away just like that as well. But definitely, like my goal was to try get that income to like about ten thousand a month, and I and I thought to myself like, yeah, I think I will I'll stop everything else and I'll just focus on YouTube. That was kind of my exact thoughts too. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see a change when you made that switch when you when you got to that point and you were like, all right, I'm gonna go and and you put some other stuff on the back burner and focus? Did you Did you see a change? So many times we want to say like. The algo is luck. And it's so funny when Mr. Beast talks, he's like, these people micromanage the algorithm when, in a sense, all the algorithm wants is for people to click a video and watch for a really long time. As long as you could do that, you can make up whatever excuses you want. Did When you, quote, focused more on YouTube, and I think, JJ, you can even chime in here too, when it became, quote, your full-time job, was there a difference or was it just a little bit more of the same in a higher volume? I'll say, yeah, like right now I'm making roughly like about 10,000 a month from YouTube okay. from not just like, this is everything from YouTube, like yeah. just affiliates and AdSense yeah. and like the back end, like, um, merchandise and all that stuff. So like once I reached this point, like a few months ago, I was like, it's like, what do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm at a good point. These are good problems to have. Yeah. And, uh, once I reached there. Something, yeah, that like switch, I think that you were talking about happened. And now like, I'm so careful about what I put on my channel that sometimes like, I don't even want to post because I'm thinking, oh man, if I, I if I mess up the next video, like people are just going to stop watching. Like this is, this is a really bad feeling to have. That's how I feel about Bitcoin right now. Like I want to post the Bitcoin video, but I'm like, it's going to mess up with all those other videos doing so well. Actually like Bitcoin videos on my channel what do really well. Like one of my highest uh, viewed videos is like how to buy Bitcoin in like 2019. I made the video. It's recorded. I, cause I did the video last week. I bought uh, my first Bitcoin purchase and I talked about why I was changed my mind and things like that. And then I was going to follow it up right away with how to buy and store it. I got my little ledger wallet and then I'm just like, it's recorded. It's done. And JJ's like, yo, you got to get that Coinbase. You got to get that Coinbase affiliate out. But the last two videos I've done. So I did like the best stock in each sector. And then today I did the best monthly. I redid a, a video from May that did really, really well. And I'm like, do I really want to throw the wrench in? And like, I'm thinking about these things on a lower level at, at 30,000. I can't imagine the stress that yeah. must go in. And I think Marco mentioned this and he's got almost a half a million. And he's like, yeah, you really start to think like, 
Should I do that? Should I mess with it? Do I let this one breathe and keep going because it's taken off? Like, do I throw another? Like, are but you? See, in, go ahead, Jay. This is why I want to have those rental properties built up because I don't want the stress. Like, I quit. So here's the thing. Like, I quit my job for YouTube full time. Best decision I've ever made in my life because my free time is out of this world. Like, I get to spend so much more time with my kids and family, and I can work when I want to work. But with that, I have seen a little bit of increase in a different type of stress of exactly like you said, Bruce, like, oh, should I put out this video? Should I not? Should I do this? Because I'm so worried about it now because it is my full-time income. And what happens that month is what I'm going to get. So the the faster I can get those rentals built up and get that secure, that $4,000 a month from another avenue, then I can kind of literally my whole life will just be distressed and <laughs> free and I can kind of put out whatever I want. But also I think too, as you get bigger on YouTube, you can get a little bit more laxed because you have that strong base of subscribers to where like, you know, somebody like me at 70, Brad at 30, like we're still pretty low to where like if we put out a couple bad videos, our view count isn't going to be there enough to pay the bills because we don't have that big enough subscriber base yet. Nate O'Brien said that. He was like, yes. I don't want to sound like I don't care about YouTube, but I can really post whenever whatever I want. And I know that on a bad month, I'm still going to cover the bills. That's got to be a good feeling. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing though, man. That's, that's why I think it's so important, it, you know, especially for like smaller YouTubers like myself is to have something to fall back on. Like I started this whole flipping company now because I mean, it's not the only reason because I want something to fall back on YouTube, but it's always a, something I've wanted to do. But I think it is very important to have something to fall back on. It sounds like you do with your rental property. So that's definitely good. Do you have a goal for YouTube, Bruce? Are you kind of just like, are you just kicking it? Or are you like, now that you tasted a hundred K you want five hundred? Like, do you care about subs or did it kind of just happen? And you don't, we don't have to speak cliche. You can be honest. Like there's some people that are like, I don't, I don't even care. Like I've had people be like, Oh, I people DM'd me congratulating me for 50,000 subs. I never even look where like I fully admit that I kind of look daily. Do you look at that? Do you look at stuff like that or? I mean, I really wanted that play button. I really wanted like 100,000. And now that I'm here, like that was the biggest goal, right? To get to 100,000. And now that I'm here, I'm like kind of lost. I'm like, what? Like, do I really go for a million? Like, is that really <laughs> possible? Isn't that crazy though, man? Yeah. Like I mean, you guys are, you guys are, when I was at 30 and 70, it, it's a, the same feeling, even though I'm at a hundred. Like, I think you just have to have that mindset. Like, Hey, I right, like 30,000 is basically a hundred. When did you have 30? Do you know off the top of your head? Probably like, uh, in 2019, like middle of 2019. So like my, mine was a slow, slow burn up. Like, so in like a year and a half, I could have a hundred is what you're saying. Wh how many videos are you posting a week? Two a week. Two a week. Pretty consistent. Yeah. If you can keep that pace, definitely. Yeah. Probably faster than me. Like right now I'm posting on a good month, like four or four videos a month. That's how many I'm posting. Do you, I think you and Jay, do you pay for your thumbnails? Cause you and JJ, you have that very colorful thumbnail. Like looks like that same style from a dude. Do you pay for your thumbnails or you, you make them yourself? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm paying for the thumbnails. I think I'm paying like $12 a month. I mean, $12 per thumbnail, something like that. JJ, have you seen his thumbnails? They look kind of, do you still use that guy, JJ? What's his name? Are you using Artie? Yeah, man. He's a boss. Dude, Artie's the man, dude. He is. 
there's been times where I'm like, Artie, man, can you really get this thumbnail to me? I got this video done. I didn't think I was going to do it today, and I got it done. I want to post it. Can you can you get me the thumbnail? He goes, don't worry, man. I'll, I'll get it to you. Like, I never have had any complaints with him whatsoever. I feel like sometimes Bruce, like, he'll post, like, a generic thumbnail, and then the next morning, Artie's comes in. is like, the whole thumbnail changes. Yeah, that's how, that's how I do it. I can't, I can't wait for him. I, whenever, whenever I can post, I will post, and I'll just use his later. Because I always feel like the for my channel... I don't know if it's the same with yours. It's like mine takes a long time for like a video to start getting like pushed out. It takes a really long time, but when, when it does, it like it can get up to like 30,000. So you're not even worried. You're not even worried about those first 24 out. You're like, I'll just get a thumbnail, get it up. And if I can post one video a week, I'm good. <laughs> right JJ's now. been telling me to use that guy for a while. He's like, does it, did you use it because you hate making thumbnails or because you saw a difference in views or click. There's a big difference, man. There's a big difference. It's like, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. If you're not, if you're not using like a thumbnail guy, I think if you're good, you're like, your thumbnails are pretty good. Like they're clean. I th sometimes I think they're, they're like, you have a lot of words though sometimes, but yeah. overall they're pretty clean though. All right. I'll take the feedback. I love it. Cause yeah, no, JJ's like, dude, you're making, you're making a couple thousand dollars a month. Like stop making freaking your own thumbnails. <laughs> just, just pay him, dude. Just try it out for a month. Like you have nothing to lose. Cause JJ, you got in when he was freaking, I remember JJ coming into the mastermind group. Like, Hey guys, I think I'm going to pay this dude to make my thumbnails. And we laughed in your face. I was one of my, he, I was one of his first clients. I was I, I, actually, I think it may have been the first person he made a free thumbnail for. He sent it to me in my DM. And he's like, hey, hey, man, I love your videos. I'm starting to make thumbnails for YouTubers, and you're one of the first ones I found. I was watching. Here's a free thumbnail for you to use. If you like it, you know, we can work out something. And I plugged it in. I noticed a difference. And it was on an older video, too. It was like a month-old video he made it for. And I saw a little bit of uptick and click-through rate. And then I said, okay, you know, this is pretty cool. I was still pretty – I wasn't making a lot of money back then, though. And I was still kind of – unsure about moving forward with it so i think there was like a couple months went by and then jared morrow he he used them before i did and he said he saw some increase i was like damn i guess i need to bite the bullet and just do this so i contacted Artie again we got something hooked up and then now now he creates most of my thumbnails the you can tell like if you go look at my channel right now if you guys are listening and you you'll see You'll be able to pinpoint Artie's <laughs> thumbnails and my thumbnails that I did myself because mine are freaking trash. <laughs> they are so trash. I so oh, here's something else too with YouTube. I'm so cheap when it comes to YouTube. I still use a free thumbnail creator and yes. a free video editing yes. software. Amen, brother. It's me too. You yeah, using so. Canva? Canva for your thumbnails? I use GIMP. GIMP. Yeah, I'm a GIMP guy. But like with the, see, here's my problem with the paid thumbnails. I literally like today's video, for example, I don't know if I could say this. I, maybe it'll make me sound cheesy, but I'm driving home from work and it's two 30 and I walk in the door at three. I sit down. I'm like, all right, here we go. Here we go. Boom. I post, I record the video while I'm editing it. I'm thinking about the thumbnail and the title. I put like from start, my process from start to finish is like an hour and a half for most of my videos. So like, I don't know what I would do, but maybe like I, I need to take the Bruce philosophy here and just post one of my uh, thumbnails and then send a bunch of pictures to Artie and have him be like, all right, run. All right, maybe, all right, maybe I'll just try a month and see if I, cause you said you saw a difference, Bruce. Yeah, this is a big difference. Like I would send him, like I don't even ask for revisions. Whatever he sends me, I just use it. Like that's how good he is. I use, right. I do the same thing. I never change mine. Yeah. He's, 
Just do it, man. He's Just good. Do it. Your time is worth more than like you doing it yourself. And I, I'm going to give him a quick plug here too. If anybody's out there like, we're not sponsored. Yeah, he did that's not sponsor, but he should. He didn't sponsor this, but no, I mean, like, yeah. I love. Here's my thing. Like, I love doing good for people who do. I do business with that take care of me, so I'm gonna take care of them. And yeah. uh, thumbnail whiz at thumbnail whiz on Instagram is the best way to reach out to him. I'm gonna so. DM tonight and just be like, I just got off a mastermind call, and uh, I mean, I just got off a podcast, and JJ couldn't convince me, but Bruce Wang did. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to ask you guys, like, um. I know you guys know like a lot of the other finance YouTubers. We do. I always felt like I've been a, like a lone wolf compared to everybody else. Cause I was just, I don't, I always thought it would be awkward to talk to you guys. No. And like, how do, how do those masterminds go? Like what, like, what do you do? They're, they're good, man. They're, they're a great opportunity to do everything from vent, come up with ideas. I think one of the greatest values that I've seen recently is sponsorships and not undervaluing yourself, like being able to find a yes. group of creators from like the mastermind that we have, we actually missed it tonight cause it's on Mondays, but we have people in there from a half a million subs down to, I'm probably the smallest at this point at 30. But when I walk into that group and I'm like, Hey guys, I got a sponsorship. They offered me $250 and they're like, I hope you laughed in their face where like, that's like, that's really important. And then networking and, it's valuable. And I've asked you a couple of times, like, it's kind of like this, like yeah. a lot of the podcast stemmed upon JJ and I having conversations with money and then realizing we just needed to press record. Yep. If you ever want to get in on that, or if you want to just hop in on a call, yeah, it's good. We got, we do it often and everybody loves JJ. He's freaking, he's the per he's the life of the party. Like oh if you God. need to name, if you need Bring to name drinks. drop, if you need to, <laughs> if you need to name drop anybody, I name drop JJ all the time. Like, oh my, my podcast co-host JJ oh, Jesus. Buckner. <laughs> no. They'll be like, who the hell is JJ Buckner? <laughs> Have you got subscribers like uh, knowing who you are when you walk through town or something like that? Only had it happen. Besides today, only happened once. Uh, it was in an Aldi, and I was getting a cart, and I heard, "Hey JJ." And it was in like a town that I was kind of, I wasn't from this town, but you know, it's all, they're all relative, all close to each other. So I just thought it was somebody I like went to high school with or whatever. And it's like, oh, hey, what's up, man? I was, I didn't know who he was. I was like, gosh, dang it. It was one of those things, you know? And uh, he goes, you have a YouTube channel, right? Cause he knew, he could tell I was like puzzled. And I was like, uh, yeah. And this was a while ago too. Like <laughs> I, I wasn't even big. He goes, dude, I watch you on YouTube. I was like, oh my God. I got a picture with him and everything. I thought it was the coolest thing, man. Oh, cool. Do people recognize you from YouTube with 100K? Like, at what point, do, walking around wherever you are in Massachusetts, do they uh, they say, yo, Wang Gang? Or do you have to put the headband on? Like, they don't recognize you without your headband. <laughs> yeah, I think that's... that's <laughs> people roast you on that headband, too. It's like... It's like it's, it's, Dude, <laughs> now I'm getting old. My, my hairline's receding. I gotta, I gotta cover it. I gotta do something, man. You got the five head. But, right? uh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh like i was telling you guys earlier i had the one bad experience with uh one youtuber uh, not one one subscriber he he was kind of stalking me if he, he might be watching right now too i, I, I don't know but no offense guy but <laughs> you kind of cross the line a little bit yeah don't freaking <laughs> stalk people <laughs> uh but outside of him like i've been recognized like a few times in in my town it's like a lot of young like the younger crowd like 19 20 only only a handful of times, not that often, but 
Everyone thinks you're young, me, right? Everyone thinks you're young. Yeah, everybody thinks like I'm 25 or younger yes, around that age. That. That's I think that's how I trap some uh, some some viewers. But basically, they always ask me like, "Oh man, how do I, you know, how do I uh, become like take care of my finances? How do I buy rental property?" It's it's hard to because I can't just like, "Hey, go watch my video." That's yeah. what I talk about. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell them to do that. They might think you're being a jerk, but you can. But no, like, I, I try to be as nice as I can to them. But yeah, definitely, if if I'm wearing that headband around, they they'll recognize me. What do people need to know about your basketball skills and then your newly found ping pong obsession? So, all right, basketball. When I was in Cambodia, like, it's all sorry, women. Like, I love basketball. Basketball is like my number one sport. When I was in Cambodia, we I played, I played in a league in Cambodia, like a statewide league. So it's pretty. I was playing against like professional Filipino players, and if you guys like Filipino players, they're like they're so nasty. And like this league was so crazy. There was like professional players. They get paid to play. And like, I didn't even get paid to play. I was like, dude, I'm here on my free time. <laughs> and uh, dude, it was, it was the best. It was the best competition ever. But I don't think I'm that good. I was just, I was just playing against professional players. Dude, if you get up at six o'clock in the morning and go to the basketball courts, you're good. Yeah. Like your Instagram, I'm rolling out of bed. I'm like, uh, and then you're like, and then you're like sunrise at the courts. I'm like, that. Dude, my gym got closed, right? So I had to switch careers, basically. I'm, and I'm playing ping pong now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's a weird transition. I have a 70-plus-year-old uncle, uh, uncle, and he's, like, nasty. He's, like, a master. And I can't beat him. I can't beat him. Wow. <laughs> this guy's 70 years old, man. He can barely move. I can't beat him, man. He's whooping me. Well, he doesn't, need, he doesn't need to move his feet. When you're that good, right, you don't even need to move your feet anymore. I don't think so, man. Like Forrest Gump, he didn't even freaking, he didn't, he didn't move his feet. It's all in the hips. That's golf. It's way off. <laughs> Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Embrace it. Shove yeah. it. What, what does he say? <laughs> all right. I, I do. <laughs> we are taking up a lot of Bruce's time and, yeah. and he is not home. You're at the studio. I'm at the studio, man. Your, your work-life balance. And I was actually, you need to do like more of like the studio. Cause you talked about like you were moving into a different room and, I would say there's a large majority of your subscribers that think that you're in like a spare bedroom in your house. And when, especially you do a very good job of like what's in set, your set piece is very clean. Mm -hmm. So like when you zoom out and like you show like your desk and you got a bunch of stuff going on in your desk there, I'm like, oh, that guy's not at home. That's freaking interesting. I'm not at home. But we asked today on Instagram if anybody had any questions for you. And our Instagram is so small. Thanks for... I think you reposting it, I think is what got us so many questions. Cause the middle of the day, I kind of looked at it and I was like, Oh man, how do I tell Bruce that we don't have anybody that asked a question? Go JJ. Go. All good, man. All good. Real quick. While you're looking at those questions, I do want to do a quick plug for the show. So, uh, Brad and I recently started a Facebook group page. Uh, we, we did this for a couple of reasons, but mainly because like with YouTube, your community is all kind of in your comment sections. That's kind of how you can communicate and Instagram too. But we figured out real quick, like there's no way we can communicate with our community from the podcast. So we started this Facebook group. It's just average money. You can search it, join the group, come over, join in the conversation and, and be able to ask questions and, you know, ask questions to the group or whatever it may be. So check us out over there. Yeah. And average money, right? Not average money podcast, but average money. Just average money. First question is a real estate question and uh, we'll do these quick so they don't have to be long winded and okay. I, w I won't stump you. 
Somebody said, should I invest in a real estate property before my personal family home? Is there an order that you think I should go by or go by feel? House hack. House hack. Yeah. Love it. So you want answer. Yeah. House hack. This one says, who would, who would beat Bruce in basketball in the YouTube finance community? So I'm terrible. Do you think that you could take Nobody. JJ and I? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. John Scholler's good, man. John Scholler. We were talking about him a little while ago. John Scholler is freaking good at basketball. I got somebody who is pretty good, and he's also part Asian as well, is uh, Brandon Beavis from Brandon Beavis Investing. Oh, yeah. Brandon? Pretty, I've seen yeah, his channel. He's, he's pretty slick on the court. I'm the short guy. I always wrestled during basketball season, so I can't shoot a ball worth a damn. <laughs> Dude, I don't think I ever, I don't think I legit threw a free throw until college. Yeah. Basketball is not my sport. It's all confidence. All confidence. So you got to have. We always, played, we always played hockey in the street. We never had like basketball hoops in the street. None of that. We didn't really do that. I'm dirty when it comes to basketball because I suck so bad. I'll just foul the hell out of you if it's like in like street ball or whatever the hell you want to call it because I know I suck. Prison rules, bro. Prison rules. <laughs> That's prison right. Rules. Throw a couple bows, you know, whatever. Do you prioritize stock appreciation over dividend growth? So do you like growth stocks or more dividend stocks? I would say dividend stocks, definitely. SCHD versus SPHD. SPHD. I don't even know what, what was the first one. SCHD. I don't know uh, that one either. I, I'm, yeah, I don't I'm, know I'm, that one. I actually blasted SPHD in my video today. I don't know what the hype is about, but <laughs> it's because it pays monthly dividends. Yeah. That's the that's the hype about it. As a landlord, which you are, and also an owner of REITs, what is your preferred exposure to real estate? I think it's obvious, but I, I've asked this question to people all the time. Like, and I think I've even asked it to JJ. Like, if I were just to dump seventy thousand dollars in realty income and and I know that like, uh, there's this YouTuber, Gen X Dividend Investor, who used to own real estate properties. And he was like, don't imagine them, don't want to worry about them. So I just put all that money into REITs. What, what's your position on that? My position on that is, depending on what stage of life you're at, like let's say if you're just beginning, I would always go for like hard land real estate. And once your time is worth more than uh, you managing the property and like doing everything yourself, that's when you go into REITs. So I agree with Bruce, but I also want to say I'm probably always going to say real estate, like hard asset real estate, because there's a few reasons. One, you get the more cash flow, you can leverage your money. You own that asset. When you own a REIT, that company takes full control of it. You have no say in what they do. So when you own your own property, you get to choose what color the property is. You get to choose who's in that property. You get to choose everything that goes with that business. It's up to you. And I'm a, I'm a uh, micromanager, so I like to make sure I know what's going on. And then also with, with uh, uh, Bruce, you made a point on like when you get older. I love that point, but you could also go hire a property manager. Like for me, I, I, already, I have a property manager on my, on my run rental property. I don't do a damn thing with it. I literally, I got my check today or my deposit in the bank. Didn't have to do anything this month or the past six months for it. Next question. When is the headband merch coming out? So I threw I do everything th through uh, Teespring and they don't have headbands. So I have to find like a, I have to go out and find somebody. Next one. Why do you like Kanye so much? Do you see what Kanye did for Adidas? 
No, I, I, I know that he just, cause I watch your videos. I know he made him, I made, I know he made a move at gap and you were like, oh, I don't really want to disclose how much gap I just bought cause of Kanye. <laughs> but I mean, at this time I bought at the, I bought a thousand shares at the time. So this is like my best investment so far when it comes to stocks. I bought like a thousand shares of Gap at thirteen dollars, and now they're like twenty. It's like twenty five bucks. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's one of my biggest gains. Kanye, like he's like a hype master. He created like these um, Yeezy shoes, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he brought like Adidas uh, market cap up by by like a, th- a billion dollars just from that. Adidas makes those. Yeah, Adidas makes Kanye shoes. Wow! So now Gap that. is going to make Kanye's clothes. I mean, he's done it before, so I'm just gonna I'm putting so, the bet on him that he's might he might be able to do it again. What's the pl- what's the play on that? How long is that? So he's coming out with uh, merch, uh, I think next quarter. Wow. So let me ask you this then: What do you think about Crocs and what they're doing? The shoes. I'm not sure what they're doing. They're they're getting like Justin Bieber's on their side, Luke Combs, like country singer. Like they're going all different. They're going pop, country, and they're getting the biggest names in like each space. That's smart. That's smart. Like influencer marketing is yes. that's the thing now. That's the it's a gold is a gold is mine. Is Crocs publicly traded? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, they are. Cause I I'm like holding strong. I, I can't I'm not gonna sp- I don't have never owned a pair, but I've had friends break down and get a pair of Crocs and be like, Brad. Kind of like the thumbnail thing. Brad, you, comfortable. You, you got They're so you got comfortable. <laughs> My son has them and wears them all the time. I need to get me a pair. I know he loves basketball. How tall are you, Bruce? Uh, five ten on a good day. Oh, so yeah. So you, I'm not so that you're, tall. You're shooting the J. Shooting yes. the J. What position is that? Is like the is that the point guard? That's Points, the only position. Uh, yeah, I'm there. always a guard. I'm not that big. Right on, man. That's that's the questions that we have. Those that was the fire round. I mean, we. I love these super casual conversations and yeah. they make, honestly, they make the best. Po- Anytime I listen to a podcast, you can tell when something's like staged or like prepped. Cause like you have to, they have to hit all the points, but dude, I freaking love just like having our guests come on here and shooting the shit and just like having a typical conversation because I feel like that's so entertaining. Yeah. You never, you don't know what's coming up. It's, you can tell it's real life. I don't know. It's just, Maybe that's just me. You're the first guest to have a beer uh, have a beer with us, too. You're, oh, you're, nice, well, nice. They'll see on YouTube, you're drinking the Heinies, drinking the Heinekens. Yep. I like a guy that has beers at the studio, too. You're not even home. Those are out. No doubt, man. You have it's beers. Uh, <laughs> at, that's how you know. That's how no you know the, the dude is financially that's for independent. The, that's for the podcast audience to know, not nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> right on, Bruce. I, I, I appreciate your time, and like I said, I'm glad that we can be your your first podcast. And when you, when you reach a million subscribers on YouTube, just like give us a shout out. You know, I, re- <laughs> I remember way back when, when I started my podcast career on the average money podcast. No, when, when Bruce hits a million, we need to have him back on because you just hit a hundred thousand. Yeah. So now when you hit a million, you're coming back on for another interview. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's to see definitely. what life's like. I got to bring the, the Wang gang through the podcast. The there Wang. you go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> did you did you start the Wang Gang or did somebody? Uh, I'm pretty sure something. I didn't start that. Someone just spammed the the comments with that. I love it though. The, the notifications. I know. I I always want something like catchy like that. I don't know if that's brand friendly though. Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's yeah. family friendly. So I, it's dude. Branding is pretty. If you brand your, you know, if you brand your content correctly, like a lot of sponsors will come get come to you. 
Like I, I saw Graham Stephan now. Like he's shooting out like sponsors, like a, sh- a sneaker company or something like that. Mm-hmm. He had like a epic do epic shit. Yep, he took that down. Yeah, he took it down. Like he, it says something else. Mm-hmm. So like I think stuff like that's really important that you have to See, consider. I was very nervous about that with the whole drink beer buy stocks thing. I I mean there may be brands I'm missing out on that don't reach out to me and I just don't know about, but I feel like I get brands reach out to me at least once a week. I think the profanity thing is different though. You think than drinking yeah, alcohol? On his video, the whole thing is, you know, I think his whole his set piece had profanity in it. I mean, you have yeah. multiple arms behind you on your set piece right now, but <laughs> well, I don't see that very often. <laughs> all I got is a little bit of basement and some bikes here. Yeah. That's a, that's all you're getting over here on the Brad Finn show. But because this is so casual, I just got to ask, did you come up with your own? This, I love the dividends with the champion symbol yep. in your merch. Did you come up with that? Or is that a Fiverr gig or is that a subscriber? That's a Fiverr, Fiverr gig. I had the idea and I was like, Hey, could you do this? And, um, one one of these guys just did it for me, but you you came up with the design though, like it was your idea. Yeah, I was like, uh, I like this logo. Can you cool. put this word? And that's how it started. See, Sick, that's man. my major. That's two times where I'm like, you got to pay people to help you out. Oh yeah, I just do. I'm so you're doing everything there. yourself. Yeah, man, dude. I'm. <sighs> I've been looking for an editor, actually, video editor. Like you said earlier, you saw like I have like empty studio space. In the grand scheme of things, like I kind of want to start like uh, some type of network, like get other people to make content in the same building as me. Oh, yeah, co workspace. That's definitely something I'm looking into. Yeah, it'd be cool. Well, thank you so much. Are you plugging anything else right now besides the YouTube channel? Do you have a website, blog, Instagram? Instagram as a is is a couple uh, G's and Wang, right? Where can we find you? You guys, if you guys want to follow me, you can follow me on my YouTube channel at Bruce Wang on Instagram at Bruce Wang with three N's is a little bit confusing, but uh, I mean, you can link it down below, link it down below links. Go check out the description. There's a lot of links down there. Click on everything. And it's, and it always goes without saying, not only for Bruce, JJ or myself, if somebody DMs you from our name, go to their story. And if you don't see their face in the Insta, if, if we're not posting stories, it ain't us. It ain't us. Cause Bruce, you get... I get I mean, a lot of those. And you can manipulate Bruce Wang so many different ways, mm-hmm. too. Like, the Finn mindset, that dude had to get a little creative. But, like, you can add... a, th- Especially because your real channel yeah. is not, like, spelled the way you... Like, your name in itself looks like a spammer's name. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops-a-daisy. Whoops-a-daisy. I get... Just Bruce Wang was probably just taken. Yep. Exactly. Bruce I Wang. want to pay the guy for it. We'll see. Did he... What did he say? No. I, I have to message him. <laughs> they always have no followers and no subscribers. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> and uh, we'll get back to a more structured money podcast. <laughs> no, screw it, Dan, dude. Let's fly <laughs> by the seat of our pants. This is it, man. This is it. Yeah. This will be coming out the week after Thanksgiving. So I hope everybody had a wonderful and safe Thanksgiving. Thanks a lot, Bruce. We appreciate your time. Get home to your family. And uh, everybody else, we'll catch you on the next one.